Hello, everyone, and welcome to Vanish Chicago Land Stories, the podcast. I am your host, Pete Castanis. This is episode 11, and this episode is brought to you by Lowenbrow Beer. And here is a commercial from the late 1970s. Here's two good friends. Tonight is kind of special. The beer will pour. Must say something more somehow. So tonight, 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 let it be low and brown. Let it be low and brown. It's been so long. Hey, I'm glad to see you. Raise your glass. Here's to health and happiness. So tonight, tonight, let it be all the best. When you're with good friends having good times, don't just have a beer, have a low and brown. Because good friends and good times deserve the taste of a great beer. And there's really only one, low and brown. Tonight, let it be low and brown. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, everyone, that was fun to listen. Uh, I chose that particular commercial because it's uh, one of my favorites. And uh, I'll tell you a little little history about that commercial and the beer itself. Now, when I first saw it, uh, they used to air it during, on Saturday nights, on Saturday Night Live, and with the original non non uh, I can't even say it, the original cast, uh, which was John Belushi, Jane Curtin, Chevy Chase, uh, Gilda Radner, and so on. And uh, like I said before, they used to uh, air this during the show. And that the singing voice in that commercial, he was so, it sounded so velvety. And I thought it was Lou Rawls because it does sound like him. And then I just found out earlier today it was not him. It was not him at all. And uh, because I remember Lou Rawls, and he's, he was a wonderful singer. He was from Chicago. And uh, he recorded a lot of songs. And I remember the promos he sang for WGN-TV Channel 9 in the early 80s. Well, maybe early or mid-80s. And uh, you can still find those on YouTube. Now, this, the name of the singer that recorded uh, the singing in the commercials, his name was Arthur Prysock, spelled P-R-Y-S-O-K. And uh, he sounded similar to him, so I had to look him up, and I played a couple of songs on U- on the YouTube channel. And uh, he sounded just like him, and I, I never knew. He, re- he recorded a lot of songs for a long time. He had a disco song in the 70s. You know, download that and uh, see. So uh, he does. He did sound like him. Anyway, the uh, commercials aired from the late seventy. The I'm sorry, the Lowenbrow 
beer commercials aired from the late 70s and 1980s. And uh, I've had the beer once. It was not bad. And it was uh, it was from it was from Munich, Germany. It was there for a long time. And then uh, something I didn't see it, you know, on display at liquor stores or other type of stores. Uh, it's still made, but uh, according to some sources, it was sold to a Canadian uh, brewery. And um, I've heard from people they it's not the same uh, as same taste as the old one. So that's just like Schlitz. So maybe they changed the recipe. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen it in quite a while. I'm sure it's around in certain areas in the United States or in Chicago too. So uh, if I do see it, I might buy it because. Well, I'm not a beer drinker. I don't. Uh, I seldom drink. So uh, I only drink like for special occasions. Or I'm not a big fan of wine either. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, there's there you go. So now, uh, this is episode 11, and I'm going to speak about a few things that happened to the past week. I'm going to talk about two actors that passed away that were well-known in television. The first one, his name was Lee Acker, and uh, he was uh, famous for his uh, starring role as Rusty of B Company in the TV series, The Avengers of Rin Tin Tin, that was aired in the 1950s. Uh, I'm not familiar with the show. I've heard of, I've read about it. Uh, I've seen a few episodes on Antenna TV. Uh, I don't have that channel anymore because I switched cable companies. And I saw it a couple of times on the weekend. It was very entertaining. And uh, the dog, Rin Tin Tin, he's so cute. He was... Uh, very bright dog, you know, he, he would listen to you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the show ran, I'll tell you when it ran, I'll look it up. Okay, the show started in October 15th, 1954, and ended in May 8th, 1959, so it ran a good five years, and uh, uh, Lee Ecker's co-star, his name was James Brown, not the singer. And I remember seeing him on a few TV shows. So uh, there were a lot of guest stars, and some played multiple roles on the show. And uh, so it was quite enjoyable. I hope it comes on DVD. I would buy it because I'm a collector, and I would love to see it. So getting back to Lee Acker, uh, he he was been acting for almost all her, all his life. He starred in two famous films in the 1950s, The Greatest Show on Earth and High Noon. And uh, he was uh, he, start, he was acting for a long time until he reached adulthood, and then uh, he somehow he quit or couldn't find work. And uh, I, it was kind of sad because when I read his obituary, he was homeless or he, he had a pro- poverty. So that was terrible to him. So that's uh, that's a shame. You know, he seemed like a cute kid on the show. Very talented. Okay, so uh, the next actor I will talk about is, I hope I pronounce his name right, is Felix Silla. And he is famous for playing Cousin It on The Addams Family. And uh, the show started in, in September 1964. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't there on every, every episode, but uh, he was one of my favorites. Uh, character, second is Lurch. Uh so 
Uh, the first time you see Cousin Ned, he was like a big, hairy ball of hair, fur. Uh, later on, they uh, he wore gl- uh, dark sunglasses and a and a cat, a bowler. And uh, whenever he spoke, he spoke gibberish. So you don't know what he said, but a lot. I think the only couple of people that understood him was Morticia and Gomez Adams. And uh, when he ever stayed, whenever he stayed, uh, he he stayed up in the Adam the Adams's attic. And I remember one episode where he was so short, you know. And when uh, some of the family members came to visit, they had to slouch down, and it was funny. Because he was so cute, he's so little, and uh, I remember the first time I saw Adams, the Adams family was on Channel Thirty Two in the early seventies. He showed the reruns, and then, then later on, aired on Channel Forty Four and Channel uh, Sixty on WPWR, and then it changed to Fifty. And uh, I've watched the I've watched the show. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, it was in competition with the monsters in the sixties. To be honest, I love the monsters. It's uh, much more funnier and I think it's more slapstick, but uh, Adam's family is, it was funny, but uh, it was more, a little sophisticated than them. And uh, there was always this debate who was the better family, the Adam's family or the monsters. So, uh, it's hard to choose, so I like I like both of them. I have both them on. I have the both shows on DVD, so I enjoy them all the time. And anyway, so Felix Silla, he was a uh, not just an actor; he was a stuntman, and uh, he was famous for being on Battlestar Galactica in, in the 1970s, a TV show, and uh, he played Tweaky, which I didn't know. Uh, I mean, I did know. I did know. I didn't watch the show much when it aired, but uh, it's got a cult. And uh, I remember Lauren Green was there, Richard Hatch, and uh, I don't know who else was in the cast. Um, So I can look it up. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it was uh, Lauren Green. uh, A lot of uh, famous people. It only ran about one year. So that's, uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, so that's so sad about uh, the actor who played Cousin It. You know, he was uh, he appeared in a lot of TV shows. Uh, he's one of the few survivors of the of the actors in Adams Family. The only one that's left is John Aston and Lisa Loring, who played Wednesday Adams. So, so he died uh, yesterday of pancreatic cancer, of age eighty four. Okay, now we're going to talk about other things. Let's see what we have. Uh, first thing, first thing off, I will talk about. Uh, there was a post yesterday on Facebook. I posted about chances are restaurants, and uh, the moment you, the moment I post that, everyone remembered it at that time. So uh, the first, uh, I believe, the first location was in the uh, Old Town neighborhood in Chicago, located at fifteen thirty three North Well Street, and it opened. 1961, and uh, it was a very, very nice place. Uh, I heard the hamburgers were delicious, and then it's nice when you have a bur- a burger, a nice cold mug of beer, from what I've told. And they also had the uh, peanut, they and they was the waitresses would serve you peanuts, and then you would throw the shells on the floor. It sounded like uh, the other restaurants. 
that I no longer on was uh, the Pickle Barrel and Ground Round, which I remember. And uh, let's see. One of the owners, uh, his name was Richard Baldwin. And uh, at the time when they opened in Old Town, Old Town wasn't very, you know, chic. It was kind of run down. But uh, now it's nice, very nice. But there were, a lot of things have changed. Soon there were, uh, and, and in the open, more locations. Uh, there was one in Hyde Park, uh, River Oaks in Calumet City, in Skokie, Palatine, and in Champaign. And one location in Michigan, the state of Michigan. And uh, the, it was a great restaurant during the 60s where all the hippies hung out. <clears throat> and... Uh, there was a, so that, uh, I never, I I wish I tried that restaurant. I heard it was very interesting, but I found menus for years on eBay and online and it was, it looked very good. They had other items there too. So, um, we'll get to the, uh, no, we won't get to that. We don't have time. Okay. All right. Uh, another thing I would like to talk about is, um, Here's a man called. His name was Don McNeil, and he was a a very a radio host. He was very famous in Chicago in the old days. If you mention his name now, I doubt anyone will remember. Anyone uh, under fifty will not know him. Maybe under forty, we'll see. And uh, he started a radio show. It was called Don McNeil's Breakfast Club, and uh, it was on the ABC network. And uh, it was on ABC first, but I think NBC was first. And that show ran from June 23rd, 1933 to December 27, 1968. And it was on for about 35 and a half years. That's a long time. And I think it's the only one that's the longest. Uh, when I was growing up, I didn't really remember him. I, I didn't hear him on the radio. My parents didn't because they didn't understand English when you know, in the old days in the 60s. So uh, so I read up some interesting history about him. And uh, it was like uh, when you have uh, morning shows like uh, the Today Show, Good Morning America, uh, WGN, uh, Morning News, you have a little of, uh, you know, you have variety. You have singers on. You would uh, tell jokes. And uh, he would, uh, the only thing I don't, uh, today's show, they don't, or any of the morning shows, they don't uh, hawk uh, sponsors, but Don McNeil did. And his, uh, the most popular sponsor at the time was Swift and Company. I remember the hot dogs and the ham and uh, Butterball was, Butterball Turkey was born from there. And I, it sold off to another company. Uh, I don't know if Swift is still around. I think I saw a product on Jewel the other day. I think it's around somewhere. Not in Chicago. They got a big uh, presence here. Um, the Breakfast Club was aired from at first at the Merchandise Mart. Then it uh, it was uh, broadcasted at other hotels in the Chicago, Chicago area and downtown Chicago. It was at the Morrison Hotel. It was, and it was a place called the Terrace Casino, the College Inn Porterhouse at the Sherman House. And the last one was at the tip-top room of the Allerton Hotel, which is still there on Michigan Avenue. And he was, uh, he was there until uh, till 1968. 
And uh, he died. Uh, let's see. I forgot when he died. He died in May 7, 1996. So a lot of people who worked in radio or have been in the business, they know they knew who he was. And uh, I posted, uh, this is the first time I posted of him on Facebook. He did have a TV show. Uh, it aired in 1950, but it only ran for one year. I don't know why. Maybe it didn't work on TV. It worked well on, on television. And then he, the show returned in 1950. In, uh, oh, yeah, it, it returned uh, later on, and, but it didn't work. So uh, so he, he was a very popular man, like I said before. And uh, I think there were yearbooks printed uh, for the show. I've seen a lot of them on eBay. And I read, I looked at them and I read them. It was uh, nice seeing all that. So uh, he's mostly forgotten for most people, which is a shame because uh, he was one of a kind. So that's about it for him. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is is another restaurant called Town and Country. Uh, I posted f- uh, menus and photos of that place, and a lot of people remembered it, and they loved it. They loved the, they loved the restaurant. There was two locations. Uh, let's see, one was at fifteen hundred North. Uh, no, excuse me, fifteen hundred West North Avenue, right about uh, east of Ashland, and uh, and the other location was in, I think Rogers Park. Let me get the address. I think I want to say it right. So it's at uh, it was on Ridge Avenue. So it was fifty nine seventy North Ridge Avenue. Uh, between Clark and Peterson. And uh, I have remembered this restaurant. Somebody mentioned it, never went there. And they remember, uh, like, when you go to these uh, restaurants, they always have the desserts out front displayed, all the cakes, pies, uh, pastries. Oh, And I, I've uh, seen a lot of uh, menus from that place, and they look absolutely good. It looks delicious. So I have a menu up. And uh, I read a couple things they made: uh, fudge cakes, uh, chocolate rum whip cake. Sounds good. Sounds like uh, Dressels, only they had alcohol in it. And uh, let's see, they had pies, all kinds of pies. And uh, let's see, um, for their entrees, uh, they had the famous town burger. They had fried chicken, uh, prime rib, uh, sirloin steak, lobster tails. And uh, Italian Italian spaghetti, of course. So uh, it looks so good. It, it seemed like a very popular place. Uh, there's a little history about that place where uh, when Harold Washington died in 1987, uh, they would who would they would try to select who would be the next mayor? Because uh, I worked at City Hall at the time where he passed away, I worked at the board of elections. And, uh, when that happened, when he died, it was the, the atmosphere was so tense. Oh, it's scary. I didn't like that. I think people were shocked or didn't want to say anything, but I remember that lasted about a day or two. Then everything went to normal. So, uh, they try And so a lot of people from the city council met at the town and country restaurant on North Avenue. And uh, 
they chose uh, the alderman Eugene Sawyer, which I remembered him. He seemed like a very nice man, and he served as mayor for two years. And when he ran for the election, um, Richard M. Daly Jr. won. And uh, Eugene Sawyer died in 2008. So um, a lot of people remember the signs of the restaurant, you know, from the Kennedy, when you drive on the Kennedy uh, Expressway. I think it was shown. I don't know. All I remember from that area is the Morton Salt uh, factory. And uh, that's been clo- it's closed now, and I think there's be some redo- redevelopment that's going to happen there, you know. But that's so iconic, you know, that place. Okay, um, so let's see. Yeah, it's been a busy week. Uh, you know, there was two deaths uh, from Hollywood, and uh, oh, interesting. Uh, Don McNeil's uh, Breakfast Club aired on Channel Seven. And, the call letters were W-E-E-N-R, and uh, then it turned into WBKB, and then it turned to WLS in October 1968. Uh, WBKB was on Channel 2, but it was Channel 4. Then they uh, switched it to Channel 2. I, I don't know the whole history of that. That was strange. That was in the 50s, starting in 1953. And uh, so a lot of people don't remember the former call letters of Channel 7, we always known as WLS, same call letters as radio station. Okay, so uh, that'll be all for today. And uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, my show and joining me. Um, I'm, get, I'm getting a little better recording. I'm still a little nervous. I'm not an announcer or an actor. I'm just me. So... Uh, I enjoyed uh, talking with you, and uh, hopefully I will do another podcast episode. Maybe tomorrow we'll see, um, but perhaps Tuesday. And I hope it will be a more it will be more interesting than today. Every every episode I play does get interesting, and you as I go along, I learn more things. Okay, so. Uh, That'll be all for today. Uh, this is episode 11 of Vanish Chicago Land Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Pete Castanis, and I hope to join with you very, very soon. Take care and goodbye now. <laughs>